Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today's awesome because we have our in-house astrologer, Tara Nichols, is back her third time. And we're talking more about what the rest of the year has in store for us and how we can basically use astrology and energy to really harness that and help us propel us forward for the rest of the year. So before we get to her conversation, I figured we could kick this off answering listener questions. Let's bring it back. So today's question says, and also if you have a question, you can submit it to me on Dating in the Bay Instagram. Also, you could follow us on Twitter. Okay. The question of the week is, what's the best and worst dating advice that you've ever received? So, okay. Worst dating advice, definitely hands down, has to be, it'll happen when you least expect it. There's no action steps from that. And also it's fundamentally inaccurate. I made a list of all of my friends, how they met their significant others. It's a very long list. And I tried to source out to see, I love data. So any trends, any sorts of, weird outliers that have existed. Guess what? All of these fell into very specific categories. Dating apps, which was a number one. Friends of friends, like a setup or something, through work. Or they knew each other through some other circle. All of these people who are in relationships, people on my list, people who you know, they all were doing something. They all were on an app. They all were going to the grocery store and like, giving out their phone number, or they were going to a happy hour, or they were meeting people some way. They were doing something. Nobody is just locked in their bedroom, staring at a wall, and then little Spider-Man pioneers into their bedroom, and then they fall in love. You're always doing something. You're always going to an event, or you're joining a cycling club or a running group. When people tell their stories of how they met, they were doing something. If you were looking for a job, would you tell somebody, It'll happen when you least expect it. No, you're going to pound the pavement. You will apply to jobs. You will literally apply all of your energy will go towards getting a job. And if you really want something, you take steps to put yourself in a position where you will get what you want. You don't just sit around eating bonbons, staring at the wall, watching paint dry, and then assuming that someone's going to fall into your window. Like I would love it if that happened. It would be make my life much easier. But I don't know of anybody who's met their person that way doesn't really matter how you meet as long as you meet. So that's the worst advice I've gotten. Here's the best dating advice. My favorite piece of dating advice came actually from the episode of Celebrate Single, which I think is maybe my number one episode listened to from all the episodes. So if you haven't listened to it, definitely go back because so much energy and wisdom from that episode. But the best advice that I thought that she shared was what's meant for you will not pass you by. And you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. And I find so much comfort in that because you can't mess anything up. The same way, like if you have a long friendship with somebody, there's no one thing that will drive that friend away. You're going to work through an issue. You're going to be friends. So the same way that if somebody's going to be in your life, they're going to be in your life. And you don't need to go running around chasing somebody to stay in your life. If they're going to be in your life, they are going to be there. And if they're not, then that's okay. They were like a seasonal item and then they're gone, which is okay. That calming sense of like, what's meant for you will not pass you by and you can't say 
the wrong thing to the right person. And I think that's so powerful, very simple. Feel free to send me more questions. That was my best and worst advice that I've received in recent time. And now let's get to Tara's episode. Hope you guys like it. So last time you were here for the beginning of the age of Aquarius, you talked about how there was going to be a lot of scientific innovation and now we have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So you were right again. And last time you were right about more things. So do you have any like general predictions for the rest of the like kind of next couple of months or people can look forward to? Well, you know, right now Venus, which is the planet of love, and there's quite a few planets actually right now, Sun, Uranus, and Mercury, all in Taurus. And Taurus is a very grounded earth energy. So it's about getting back into our bodies. And so I feel like so much people have been in their heads and watching the news and, you know, having all these types of conversations. And now it's like bringing the attention back into our body so we can ground. So this next month is really a time for grounding. Even, you know, Venus and Taurus, it's her home sign. She loves being there. So it's a really good time for beautification. So this month, this next month, it's like women or men too, you know, go get your hair done, go do those things, buy a beautiful outfits, like take care and nurture yourself. And so it is all about beauty and aesthetics and how you look. And a lot of people are starting their, you know, health routines and trying to get back in shape for the summer and all that. So this next month, yes, spend the time to make yourself feel good and look good. So there's a lot going on. Everybody needs to buckle up, put your big girl pants on. So since we're still in the age of Aquarius, how does that play into the... Well, you know, the thing with Aquarius energy is it can have you dating very unique and different people that you maybe would have never been interested in or put in your like category of possibilities before, because it's like, you know, looking for that someone who's very outside of the box and maybe quirky or not the status quo, or it's just like, it rules like blowing off the glass ceiling and it's like totally the unexpected. And so you might find yourself dating someone completely unexpected that you would have never have thought you would date this person. That's what can happen with all of this Aquarian energy because it it rules just kind of that very quirky, out of the box, unique, different type of individual. Again, someone you might have not ever seen yourself with because you're like, they're strange, but there you are. You're dating that strange person because you're kind of almost intrigued. Also, it rules the higher mind. So kind of connecting more with people on a knowledge, but like higher knowledge, it rules the higher mind. And so more in a philosophical type of way. Okay. At least people have that to look forward to. And Aquarius does rule the internet too. So I think we're going to see even that much more, you know, inventions of ways for people to connect and find one another through the internet waves. Okay. That's good to know. Mm Mm-hmm. I know you had talked about that mid-July is a really exciting time for dating. Can you tell us more? 
Yes, because the divine lovers, Venus and Mars, are doing their dance together. And so basically what it is, is Venus is the feminine, Mars is the masculine. They're coming together in what we call a conjunction is when they're kind of sitting on top of one another. And so that energy is magnified. So that energy to want to be magnetized and drawn and connect with a significant other. And so it's like when the divine lovers come together, especially in the sign of Leo, because Leo rules passion and romance. And so it's like igniting that fire of wanting to be with someone in a more kind of romantic or passionate way. And so if you meet someone during that time, and this is going to, it's exact July 12th and 13th, Those are the two days that they're really exact, but we're going to be feeling this energy for probably most of July, like a good three weeks in July. So that's a really good time. Whether, you know, you're single, you're looking to meet someone, like that's a time to get out into the world and basically say yes, to say yes to whatever you get invited to. But even if you're already in relationship, I think it's about reigniting that passion And being more playful. And that's what Leo wants to do. It wants to laugh. It wants to sing. It wants to dance. And it's like, it doesn't take itself so seriously. And it's like, let's just have fun. Like, let's just play and kind of bring out that childlike quality in the other and just kind of be silly, you know? And so, and so sometimes we get, you know, we're trying to have this mature sense about us, but it's like, no, this is like, bring out the kid. And just like roll down the hill with your <laughs> your partner, you know. And so it's going to be a highly romantic time. And also, you know, depending what house Leo is in, you know, where these planets are in your chart will also kind of help tell you the area of life where it's expressing itself. But for the most part, it is the divine lovers. They are in a passionate sign of Leo. So it looks really good for romance that month, especially because the month before, most of June, Mercury is going retrograde. And I believe it's in Gemini. So we know Mercury retrogrades is not a good time to start dating someone new because we change our minds about them when the planet goes direct. But it's okay to start dating someone from the past that you did date before And that's when the ex-boyfriends come in and check in on you and just try to see what's going on. But it is that time of just not thinking clearly. So June is not a good time to start dating someone new. And July is a fabulous time to, to meet someone and be dating and connect in that more childlike, playful way. Okay. I feel like people should just be more playful in general. So we we don't even have to wait till July for that part. (laughs) Saying yes to things and that kind of playful energy. Do you have any other ideas of what, especially for single folks out there, what they can do to maximize that three week window? Because I feel like that's kind of a special time. It's also, it's an energy of entertainment. And so it's like, that's why I was saying like, say yes to everything be out in the world, be seen in a, in a way. And so this is your opportunity to, and Leo, you know, if we think of Leo, I mean, just leopard print in general, you know, like I think of animal prints. And so it usually is this more kind of sexy, flashy, red lipstick, red nails, you know what I mean? Like more of like, you're not just being seen, you have like a gold dress on. (laughs) 
there's a whole vibe happening. <laughs> yeah, when I think of like big hair and just like the whole nine yards when it comes to like eye catching, like kind of, you know, making a statement in a way. So it's like, that would be the time pretty much of all the year to bring out those leopard skin, whatever, <laughs> and just like make yourself look appealing because it is that energy of, it is a more kind of, you know, sexual type energy, but it's like really standing out, standing out of the crowd. If you think of it, Leo is the leader. So it's like, be the lion, not the sheep. And so you're kind of standing out and showing like your best attributes in a way. Well, and everyone is saying too, are going to be entering the roaring 20s. So I feel like the gold dress, red lipstick, that's all perfectly timed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A lot of sequins probably going on, you know, little feathers in their hair. But yeah, I just feel like people, you know, and it's hot usually in July. You know? So that's kind of significant of it too. Like, scantily clad, you know, you know, whatever. And it's just like, I mean, wear what you're comfortable with, but also this would be the time to pull out those, you know, certain dresses or outfits from your wardrobe and just put them on and just go for it. We are going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. Emotions are way more intensified since we don't have all those pre-pandemic life distractions. This year has taught me a lot about resilience and perspective. And the ups and downs of dating during a pandemic are, um, yeah, they're a lot. What's helped me to get through are the unsung bays, my friendships. Through GiftPod, I'm able to record a message to my closest bays and let them know I'm thinking about them and all the fun things we'll do together post-quarantine. The team at GiftPod will spruce it up with music and give it to them as a private podcast. It's a great gift to send to your friends as a pick-me-up and an extra boost to brighten their days during this kind of turbulent time. GiftPod is offering listeners 10% off with the code 104BAE. That's the number 10, S-O-R-B-A-E. You can check them out at giveagiftpod.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. Astrocartography. Let's talk about that. I know that you talk about how if you could go to a certain location, to, it can increase the likelihood of you meeting your potential significant other. Tell me more and where should I be going? <laughs> so astrocartography is basically your birth chart over the map of the world. And so what we do is we track, you know, Venus also does rule love. So that's a good one. But specifically Juno. And Juno is the asteroid that rules the committed relationship, like the committed partner. And even when we're, you know, doing astrology readings, when we look to Juno to see what sign it's in, to see what qualities are going to work best for you in a long-term relationship. And this is like detrimental almost, like you have to have these qualities in the relationship for it to work. But we can find Juno on the map. And so when we do your astrocartography, basically we look for the places around the world where those Juno lines go through. And usually it's about three different places, but you can follow it like straight down. And so you can either meet someone while you're visiting that line 
Some people want to move to that line. So it like makes their chances that much more. But even just visiting that line, it's a high likelihood that you would meet someone. But you could also meet someone who's from that line. So it's almost like they care. Let's say your line goes through Seattle. You meet someone who's from Seattle because they're holding the energy of that line. But you could also go visit Seattle and make a trip. And it's highly probable that you would meet someone. It's like that's the energy that's lining up for you on the astrocartography map. And when you do this, is it based on like the time that you're doing it? So the time of your birth. Oh, but not like the time, like if I did it tomorrow. That doesn't matter because the astrocartography chart is off your birth chart, which never changes. So these lines are there for the lifetime. Like they're not changing. So does that mean that everything's kind of predetermined? I mean, not necessarily because you don't always, my husband, I didn't meet him at my Juno line, but he met me at his Juno line. Oh, snap. Yes. That's crazy. Did you try to go to your Juno line? No, but what I did do is I moved to my Venus. Well, I moved to the place where the pyramid, so I moved to Tulum and the pyramid in Tulum is aligned with the Venus star. And Venus is the ruler of Taurus and Taurus rules my house of partnership. I kind of did it that route, but his Juno line goes through that area. So, and that's where we met. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I got to do that. Figure out where my person is on the map. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I asked people on the Instagram to send me questions to ask you. The first one is, when will a Scorpio find love? Help. It doesn't so much depend on what your sun sign is. It's more like when the planets are traversing your fifth house of romance, your seventh house of partnership, everyone has an opportunity when the divine lovers come together in July. So it really depends on when the planets are hitting off other planets or other houses in your chart. The sun sign really isn't that important. I think most of these questions are about the sun signs because somebody else said, what's a good match for a cancer? Everyone gets so focused on the sun sign. And it's so funny. It's like, that's a little tiny, like a 10th of your birth chart. That doesn't really tell you much. And it's like, you know, whoever the cancer is, it's like, it's not about who's your match. It's like, what sign is your Juno in? Figure out what sign your Juno is in. Let's say it's in Sagittarius. Then the qualities you're going to look for is someone who shares your same truths and beliefs and philosophy on life. There's a possibility because Sagittarius rules foreign cultures, maybe they're from a foreign culture, or maybe you meet them while you're traveling to a foreign culture. So that can be the many different ways that it kind of expresses itself. But your best bet would be to figure out what your Juno is in. And those are the type of qualities. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be the sun sign, you don't have to meet someone whose sun sign, let's say it's in Sagittarius, but they need to have those qualities. Those are the ones that are going to work best for you. And I'm married to a Scorpio and I'm a Scorpio and people are like, oh, that's not good. And it's like, no, it works great. Actually, we totally understand each other. So I'm not really a big fan of like this sun sign and that sun sign like that doesn't really mean anything. All the other components are a lot more important. Okay, that makes sense. The Juno is also going to be in your birth chart. Yeah, 
if they don't have the qualities of your Juno, it's not going to be long lasting because those are like the most important things to you. Okay. Roger that. What are the key takeaways from like the next three to six months that you think that people could really leverage if they knew about what's going on with the planets and everything? Well, we are coming up, you know, starting at the end of May and the beginning of June, we're starting eclipse season. And, you know, eclipses are very intense energies because it's like the portal doors are opening and then they close two weeks later. But what happens is events happen that catapult you forward. And so things happen very quickly during that time. And it's like things that were supposed to be addressed or come up that have not been addressed, they tend to happen like really quick overnight. It has like a shock value to it. So we're about a month out from that first eclipse energy. And so depending on where it is in your chart, you know, it's good to know that's where you'll notice this big shift almost. And it affects you for six months. And so there's two of them. One's in Sagittarius and one's in Gemini because those are the cycles that we're in right now with the eclipses. So, you know, finding those houses that represent those two signs, you'll kind of see what area of life it's going to affect you, but be prepared for those eclipses because they are very intense and they are pushing us in the direction so that we can evolve, so that we can learn, so that we can grow. So it's like, don't miss the message. (laughs) Like be aware of what's going on around you. And if I feel like a lot of people try to push against the current or something, and it's like, just go with it. Just go with it, you know, kind of let go and trust and just go with whatever's happening. I feel like that's just good advice in general, and especially in Eclipse and everything else that's apparently coming down the pike. Yes. And then the other major thing, you know, we'll be having Eclipse season again at the end of this year, but Venus, which is the planet of love and beauty and relationships and that sort of thing, it is going to go retrograde December 19th of this year, and it will retrograde for about six weeks. So that's when we can have also love interests coming back into our life, trying to reconnect with us. But it's never a good idea to get back with someone while Venus is retrograde. And the biggest piece I would say too, is it's also a time not to do any kind of self-beautification. Don't get any injections or try a new hairstyle or whatever, during a Venus retrograde. Also, don't get married during a Venus retrograde. Like there's very specific things that you want to make sure, you know, don't start a new relationship during Venus retrograde. So many things because it's just putting you off on the wrong foot and it's a lot less likely. Like the planets are not in your favor for it to be a lasting relationship. Wow. How about for like the beautification? So like, why does that impact? Because it rules beauty. Venus is the planet of beauty. And so if you do, usually something goes wrong and you don't like it. Like you might like it during, but then when the planet goes direct again, you hate it. And you're like, why did I do this? So many regrets. (laughs) Just don't do anything major. It's okay if it's routine maintenance, you know, kind of keep doing the same thing you've always been doing, but it's not a time to like try out something drastically new because it will be botched. It will go wrong. So that's like the one time during the year that we say like, do not do anything. Everybody mark your calendars, December 19th. Do not do it. 
Just say no and wait it out. Just say no. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yes. But and that's probably a good time when people want to do more because it's before New Year's and Christmas and the holidays. Do it at the beginning of December, I would say. If you're going to do it, do it at the beginning of December. If not, wait until the end of February. Okay. Got it. Tara, love having you on. I feel like it's always a good reset for everybody to understand what's going on in the world. But how can people find you? So my Instagram is at Tara Jade Star. And then you can also find me on my website, which is tarajadenichols.com. And you can have all my information out there. And I am leading a retreat at the end of this year in Todos Santos, Mexico, teaching astrology. So this is, will be my first kind of class and retreat that I'm hosting and teaching. So if anyone's actually interested in learning astrology, you can find that information on my website as well. Awesome. And we'll link that in the show notes as well. Great. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my convo with Tara. I had one more story I wanted to tell you guys. My friend Tiffany and I, we talk every Sunday morning. We both wake up really early in the morning and we always just have like these long chats and we kind of debrief our dates from the week and we have just like a a chit chat rundown session. And last week we were talking, oh, I wish we could just interview all of the guys that we've dated before and figure out like, you know, what they thought and like get their feedback and pick their brains. Then we basically had this deep dive into that. And then we, at the end, (laughs) we circled back to it and realized who cares what they think? Why would we take their feedback at this point? Like we were different people at that point in time. It didn't work out with them. So why would we put so much emphasis and meaning to what they think? Why don't we just actually just keep going and put all of our energy elsewhere. And then we both were laughing because we're like, yeah, okay, we like solved one one less thing to worry about. We don't need to interview all the guys that we've gone on dates with and solicit their feedback. There was a podcast a couple years ago that I heard where I think she was interviewing guys that she had gone on dates with and was getting their feedback. And they all had their own issues. Like when she asked them, oh, like, did you have fun with me? And they were like, yes, of course. We had a great time. Because she was trying to figure out why, 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 why. Keep digging and digging to try to figure out if she could find any answers. And TLDR, spoiler alert, there is no reason. There's nothing wrong with being single. Sometimes I think people assume that we're unhappy and miserable and that we just are waiting to be put out of our misery. Uh Uh-uh, that is not the truth. (laughs) The past couple months, I've been so excited, energized, and just pumped up about being single. We're approaching spring, summer, shot girl summer is coming. If you haven't been vaccinated, encourage that. And yeah, I just, I feel like we got to just rebrand this whole thing because it's just, this is our time to work on ourselves, to get to know ourselves, to get involved in all the things that we wanted to do and live, really live our best lives. And tying this back to the beginning part where the worst dating advice about like, oh, when you least expect it, like, no, keep going on dates, keep those reps going, stay in the game. And eventually, just like when you look for a job, keeping the long game in mind and not getting so bogged down in the day-to-day like roller coasters. And I think you're going to have a way better time doing it. So with that, I'll see you guys next week. Please follow on Dating in the Bay Instagram and send me any questions you have for upcoming episodes. And I'll see you guys later. Bye.